0: you're listening to I Feel For You. I'm Dion, a human being, and I use mediums like creative coaching, yoga, movement, meditation, DJing, writing, and podcasting to encourage you to feel more free to be more you. And this podcast gathers together inspiration, self-care, resources, stories from some of my most excruciating learning moments you gon' learn today, motivation and encouragement to hopefully fill you up with good feels and perhaps even take action in loving on yourself a little more each day, claiming your space and designing your own life on your own terms. So today is an episode which is part July journal, come pep talk, come learning moment around the theme of body wisdom. The first part of the show, I'll update you on what's been going on lately. And the second, I'll share a piece with you that I wrote back in April this year, which felt relevant. And I wanted to share it with you in the hope that it resonates and encourages you to pay attention to your own body's wisdom, because it has a lot to say. I'll also be sharing how I've been doing that and how you might explore that in ways that work for you. So whether your body feels like a stranger or a friend, an enemy or a vague distant relative, I really hope this will be useful and empowering for you to reconnect with yourself and all of the wisdom that you have so that you can feel more free to be more you. So before we jump in, I'd like to thank every single one of you who listens to this podcast, who offers such lovely reviews and ratings. It truly means the world. So if you dig this episode, let me know. I'd love it if you could rate it, like it or whatever, perhaps even share your thoughts via a review, maybe share it with your friends. And if you're listening on your phone right now, maybe take a quick screenshot right now and share it with me. I love seeing your stories and where you're listening from, and hearing what you're doing. I think the most flabbergasting moment so far has been someone who took me along to Jamaica, virtually of course, and filmed from the most incredible idyllic place I think I'd ever seen with me harping on in the background. Can you imagine? (laughs) In spirit, I was right there with them, but it meant so much and I'm still astounded to share your world. Is this where I start to sing the title track of possibly one of my favorite Mary J. Blige albums? And do we need to talk about that BET performance? mary has always had my heart her two-step bops at a most earnest we stand. so yeah i'm so grateful for this space where we can connect and get close and know that i'm here for you so reach out to me anytime you can reach me on social sometimes mainly instagram although just a heads up because i don't have my notifications turned on on my phone uh for instagram or anything in fact I take regular breaks, so the best way you can holler at a girl is via my contact page on my website, dion.space Or subscribe to my digest, where you can also reach me a bit more intimately via my inbox. And your inbox, obviously. As well as hear all the latest news, upcoming events, and get dollops of love and inspiration. I send it out no more than once a week, sometimes every other week, because, you know, summer's been a lot lol so i'll be back to weekly digest soon as we roll into autumn we ready (laughs) so if you want the digest you can sign up by heading to my site dion.space forward slash digest and finally also a heads up that my creative coaching slots for autumn winter are filling up wild not intended to make anyone stress themselves into working with me at all but just letting you know because you know sometimes i realize i can be low-key with stuff so So just to let you know, I'll be capping the numbers because I want to ensure I can fully show up for each and every client. So if you've been thinking about taking a deep dive into getting free, more in flow and more you, then get in touch. You can read about my current offering, which is a six month coaching program where we work together to make great things happen. And some examples of what some of my brilliant clients are working on right now include, you ready? Starting their vegan cheese business and vegan food blog. I feel like there should be some kind of round of applause here, I don't know. Uh building their websites from scratch, writing a screenplay for a film, reframing their yoga teaching career model to fit where they want to be, repatterning from codependent relationships and making space for healthy, boundaried ones. Starting and making their podcasts and implementing a manageable intervention of self-care, reimagining wellness in their own way, and so, so much more. I get to hang out with the most brilliant people who inspire me, no end. Every single session is varied, and I love that I get to be an enthusiastic, nerdy, techie support, a mirror to remind people of who they are, a strategist to plan big picture to small details with, a space holder that gets to share and explore creative activities to help people get clear and remember who the hell they are. And I mostly love that feeling of starting a call with all that potential on the table, getting to listen and ask questions to problem solve and plan next steps. Sometimes wheeling Ethel out on her wheelbarrow for some real talk. Yeah, that was an OV reference. Sorry, not sorry. Message. And most of all, ignite action. It's so thrilling. Anyway, I could talk all day about the incredible humans that work with me because without them showing up and being up for the journey, there wouldn't be any action to speak of. It takes bravery and commitment to show up for yourself. So if you feel in a place to explore that, let's talk. Okay. Shall we get into this episode? Here's my July journal. Holy Mackadandy! Didn't mean to holler in your ear. July was intense. So much for it being a time to slow down as I thought it was going to be. It was actually the opposite. But with that came a lot of exciting opportunities. July was extrovert energy, super productive, energizing and emotional. Hello, cancer season. Hello, eclipse season. Hello, eclipse season energy. Hello, many planets in retrograde. Hello, pitta energy if Ayurveda is your bag. Hello, hot-headedness. Hot, hot heat. Energy. So July for me represented purging, growth, wading through thick, hot air, shifts galore, surprises and beautiful connections. And I also got to celebrate Dear friends, getting married a couple of weeks ago too, and DJ some sleazy R&B. Joy, I'm grateful for it all. Feeling the effects though of my nervous system being on lock, hyperactive at times, frightened, other times traumatised, triggered by news feeds holding space for others and their stuff. It's been a lot. And I realise how much I've craved someone holding that same space for me. In fact, it hadn't even crossed my mind until a friend said that. So some of you know, a low point that I spoke about in the last episode was that me almost having two physical fights with two abusive white men. A moment of experiencing my inner hurricane, you know? Shout out to my girl Chantal. So lots of time was spent trying to unfreeze and feel and process those super intense situations. I felt drained at times this month, yet also hopeful. Ups and downs, ain't that the way it goes? Still here, though, and grateful indeed to come out the other side and grateful that you're here. Recognising that I'm holding a lot of feels, like, it's even a relief to notice that, to be honest. And to notice how much my right shoulder feels like concrete. And with that, my whole right side body and chest. The aches saying loud and clear to me that I've been overdoing and also, many of you know the right side suggests a lot of excess masculine energy. Overdoing, overproducing, too much physicality, doing the most, quite literally. Hmm. That was a Roscoe P. Cold Chain Buster Rhymes reference, by the way. Shout out to the early noughties. Anyway, let's check in. So, how are you right now? What's the energy like in your body at this moment? Is it high? Low? What are you feeling in this moment? Is anywhere standing out? Physically, mentally, emotionally? Can you place the feeling? Can you locate it? What's it telling you? So, later on in the show, I'm sharing a piece of writing that I wrote earlier this year when I went through a phase of this excess right side body concrete moment. Um, But it was more about body wisdom and getting in touch with that. And I hope it's going to be useful for those of you that are interested in exploring that a little bit deeper. But even if it's simply you practicing this little body talk, <clears throat> I'm sorry, but not sorry. Can we talk about imagination and that gyratory video? One of my favorites, many of you know, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, I will link you in the show notes. But body talk can be so helpful in enabling us to befriend our bodies and minds because it's all connected. And this kind of body chat, body talk is always my first route back home, especially after intense times. So a little synopsis then of the month that was highs, lows and the bits in between. So I guess first up would be the Brighton Summer Retreat 2019. Shout out to everyone who joined us. It was our seventh Brighton Retreat, can you believe? And it's always been a deep immersion for me pre and post retreat. So prepping above and beyond, hello to the root of my overdoing, but it's also a time where I get to gather together my own explorations and studies and research and practice and put it all together in a program that incorporates yoga and movement and music and food and creative activities, all of my favorite things. It's also wonderful because it enables me to feed that Capricorn rising (laughs) by planning and preparing and getting all of the colored pens and organizational tools and techniques on the table. I mean, how many lists is too many? But then the retreats also enable my Pisces sun and Gemini moon to feel free and spontaneous to work with the energy at hand. Because as I've spoken about in previous episodes, the way I work is that I tend to kind of over plan, over prepare. And then when it comes to it, I just let it all go and try to be as present in the moment as possible in order to respond to what's in the room, what people want and need. So that's how I love to work. But I realize it's also a bit of a dichotomy. I'm a planner, but also go with the guts. I go with the moment and ride out wacky spontaneity. That's just how I roll. And actually one of the people on retreat was asking me about class planning, for example. So when I was teaching yoga classes, because I tend to take notes with me, But then they just sort of end up getting, (laughs) by the end of class, because we're rolling around and everything, I usually just sort of kick them out to the side and splay them elsewhere because I don't use them. I just have them there. I don't know why. Maybe it's like a comfort blanket. But my classes, I tend to just teach in the moment I'll probably have an idea in mind of where I'm thinking of taking things but as some of you listening are yoga teachers you probably know or even if you've ever been to a class or even been to any kind of class or workshop or situation where you're doing body work it's a really intuitive process it's really personal and so I like to work in that way because I feel that's the way I perform the best is perform a weird word to use do you know what I mean anyway I think it's really personal. So I like to be as present as possible rather than following a formula or following a kind of you know um, plan, <laughs> so to speak. I just like to see where we end up depending on what's in the room and I just feel that I can respond better and just really show up for people fully that way. It's the same with coaching actually. I'll prepare before clients but actually when it comes to the call, I'm more interested in just being present with them and just seeing where we take things. So in general, the retreat went really well bar there being the most intense heatwave we've ever experienced over those exact three days of the retreat. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I love the sun and everything, and I love being warm. I'm made for the sun, but actually being in a warehouse for almost 24 hours a day for three days, holding space, teaching, making food, fixing and cleaning was a lot. (laughs) And... There are many lovely windows in that warehouse. However, it was at least over 40 degrees plus inside the warehouse behind those windows at the peak moments. So when our guests had free time, we were preparing and cooking and cleaning and so on. So, I mean, I'm not complaining about that. It's great because our guests got to go swimming and being in the sea and truly experiencing summer beach life in Brighton. But the tasks that Shettle and I, Fineman, also had to do in those times were so much more intense because of the heat and the situation. So all was going really well on the retreat until the last yoga session. We were going to cancel it, but there was a vote that we wanted to keep it, which was fine by me. I'm kind of, as I said, easygoing, like to go with the flow in the moment and be available and show up for people. But I think that a lack of sleep and overwork meant that I kind of collapsed during the yoga class. Yeah. I mean, I say it flippantly, but I was a bit scared, to be honest, because nothing like that's ever happened to me before. The only way I can describe it is that the world went all slurry and my tongue swelled up in my mouth and what felt like my brain too, like everything just got really thick and I couldn't see, everything was kind of churning and I remember trying to get my words out during the class and sort of convey an idea for people to explore because all of the classes were super restorative as I said we had no idea that the heat wave was going to be that intense so it helps not to um, follow a script in those situations because I was responding to the heat and how to keep people as cool as possible whilst also giving them this space to really unwind and restore. So in the moment I'm trying to speak and everything's kind of getting blurry and I feel like I'm talking to people and saying, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm actually making any sense to you. And some people were sort of looking at me and I was like, oh, and suddenly I sort of sat and started getting close to the ground and yeah, I was really frightened that I had heat stroke, but luckily I think it was just heat exhaustion the first time I've experienced it, as I said. Has anyone else out there? What was your experience? What did you do? Because, yeah, thankfully there were some dear and kind people who took care of me on the retreat, which I'm grateful for, but it also reminded me of the importance of paying attention to my own needs on retreats, which hmm, I'm not so great at, to be honest. I have a tendency to always put others first, You know what i mean it's hard to think of an alternative or another way to be and i don't say that in a martyr way because i know you know what i mean there are many of you listening who also struggle with this and serving others although great also can do us a disservice if we're not paying attention to our own needs We can give so much that we have nothing left for ourselves and we need to have those reserves, those stocks so that we can be at our best or at least be able to give ourselves the foundation to nourish our own needs before we begin providing for others. So that was the retreat and July brought some other exciting news and that came through right before the retreat actually which felt unbelievable and I wonder if I can talk about it. Why not, I guess. But yeah, I was invited to be a founding member of The Wing, which is a community and co-working space for self-identifying women and non-binary people. And they have a few spaces in a few cities in the States like LA and Chicago, and they're opening up their first space in Europe, London specifically, in a few months time. And it feels totally surreal and amazing as they're an organisation I've admired since their inception in New York in 2016. So it feels especially surreal to now be a member and I'm still in shock to be honest and also scared (laughs) not scared but maybe nervous and excited incredibly excited and amazed that they even invited me to be a founding member I mean that's just wild but also interesting in light of a recent tarot card I drew which was the world the world card which kind of aligns with all I've been hoping for and kind of manifesting I'm scared to use that word it's kind of overused but you know what I mean Because I'm not sure if I spoke about it, hashtag on here, but I nearly moved to London at the end of last year. Things fell through at the last moment, but it was a touch and go time during the autumn season. Everything was up in the air. We didn't know from one moment to the next if we were going to be going. And should the thing have worked out, it would have meant a couple of weeks to literally pack up life and transition, get up to London and just, you know, be, which is kind of wild, but also very much my style. Um, however things didn't align and although a little disappointed because I've been so hungry for some seasoning on these Brighton streets I also took it as a sign to stay put a while to plant seeds and see and as for the seeds they were kind of vague but what was very clear was my desire to be in London more somehow just to offer my spirit some seasoning do you know what I mean (laughs) So even though I couldn't live there, I tried to work with what I had on the table. So that meant being more intentional in spending time in London, planning office days in the city and meeting friends that I miss and want to see. Just practicing, you know. And that period of planting those seeds was also an opportunity to be a testing ground for me and the recent flare of anxiety I experienced last spring. And if you didn't catch my story about my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle backpack moment getting stuck on the tube, I'll put a link for you in the show notes so you can laugh at my misfortune and also hopefully learn from my mistakes. Anyway, I'll link that for you obviously in the show notes, but it's been a trip working with the flare-ups and finding ways to build my confidence after so long and manage the very real, very frightening effects of living with anxiety and That meant also being intentional with where I put my energy and with who. Or is it whom? I feel like that could start a Twitter argument, so let's allow it, eh? (laughs) So, shout out to the universe for always teaching me about perfect timing and the very powerful lesson of trust and working with what you've got so you can carve out space for what you're trying to cultivate. And I'm mega excited to connect with like-minded people and to build together and to be based in London more at The Wing i'm back that was a miss j reference for those of you who didn't catch it but yeah are any of you going to be at the london wing i would love to hear from you reach out and touch reach out connect i would love to chat with you so yeah that was i guess a big moment and i think These experiences, along with many other things that went down this month, really kind of tested me, but taught me about trust, trusting and listening, deep listening to my body, my body and all the wisdom that's there, you know, as opposed to pushing, literally pushing my physical body to try and get things to happen so much so that I damage myself. And as opposed to pushing and forcing stuff to happen that maybe isn't the right time for it to happen. And I'm talking about, for example, potentially moving to London before I was ready. Instead, learning to trust and listen out for the signs and be available to what other opportunities were there gave me this whole other perspective and a whole other opportunity, you know, which is pretty cool. Um, And I'm not trying to, again, like just put a spin on things, but truly, I believe in trusting in your body's wisdom and paying attention to that, because I feel like we have so much that we already contain. And sometimes we don't trust that we don't listen to it. And I see it so much, you know, in yoga situations in particular, that's a good example but but also in other ways in coaching as well like as I observe and also am very much checking myself I'm just so aware of like there being so many power trips that people are on and I worry you know I worry that sometimes we might forget or become disconnected from ourselves our ultimate teacher and I don't mean that in an arrogant way that we know everything so we should ignore everything else but what I mean is we can still be students and we can still work with people coaches our therapists doctors uh, yoga teachers whatever kind of teachers we can be open to learning and gathering information but we also have to do our own research we also have to look at ourselves and explore how things sit with us not just take things you know at a surface level But, you know, I'm about that life. I'm about encouraging people to do that. I know it kind of breaks the rules and it means that, you know, yoga people, coaches, etc. get upset with me. But, you know, I don't believe in shortcuts. Actually, maybe there is a shortcut. The shortcut is you. (laughs) And getting help is always a good thing, I think, mostly. But you've got to add your own seasoning. You know what I mean? Am I talking in too many analogies? I don't know. I'm getting very passionate right now. I'm going to try and calm down. (laughs) But, yeah, trust your body's wisdom whether that's your physical body or just a feeling. I mean, that's the same thing. It's all connected and energy. If you have something in your gut that tells you something, listen to that. If there's a thought or an idea or this dream that you have, listen to that. Follow it down the trail and just see where you end up. Because I really believe that we do contain multitudes. We do contain this possibility to create and manifest what we want in this world. And that's not to say it doesn't take hard work or it doesn't take us undoing bullshit. Sorry to swear. But, you know, undoing unhelpful patterns, undoing, you know, um, negative stuff that our brain tells us and so on. So getting into the body can be a really good way of sort of clearing the slate and getting real with what is actually happening, what is there. And I know I talk about this a lot. I talked about it in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle story and many others, but literally getting into your body and starting to cultivate a trust and maybe you have that already and that's amazing and the good news is that there is infinite levels to this stuff do you know what I mean I still feel at the very beginning although it's been 20 years of really taking this stuff seriously but if I really think about it if I really talk to that little Dion in a child I know that she had that innate wisdom and that came from the body it started there and so I'd like to go into that a little bit deeper because I'm also very much about recognising that not all of us find it possible to get into the body. There can be barriers, there can be traumas, there can be stuff that gets in the way. And so we can't ignore that either. Um, But I thought, as I was preparing for this podcast, I thought that I would share a piece of writing that I wrote earlier this year, um, that talks about an experience that I had, um, where I collapsed, (laughs) but learned a lot and thought about The body and how we can use our body's wisdom and so i'm going to talk a little bit more about what i learned in those situations and also how we can work with developing a kind of trust and developing attention so that we can listen a bit deeper to what our body is saying so should we have a little interval here little interval music moment and then we'll get into it let's take a breath for nothing (laughs) So I'm going to read a piece that I wrote on the 19th of June 2019 and it's called Body Wisdom and it's about paying attention to your body's wisdom. I collapsed this morning. It was around 5am, day three of consecutively no sleep and day seven of stress and subsequent lack of sleep. You know when your body says no? Have you read that book? It's a great book, by the way, in case you haven't, I'll link it for you in the show notes. It became a staple for me when I started to explore implementing trauma-informed approaches into my yoga teaching back in 2011. Actually, now I'm wondering when I didn't implement trauma-informed approaches into my yoga teaching and practice. I think anyone who's experienced trauma can often have a natural empathic approach, at least what I'm saying is trauma is never far from my mind and everything tends to be filtered through a lens, considering how I hold space for others, perhaps seemingly overthinking to some, but to others, understanding that the placement of a door, for example, or a window or a plug or my own body or gaze or tone or language has impact. You can't, of course, live your life trying to please everybody. That's a given. You're surely going to offend or insult or disappoint someone. Anyway, this morning, my body said no. Loud and clear. It's been a while since I've had this kind of jolt. The scary kind. I've been flirting with it. Seeing it circling the parameter of my days, but arrogantly ignoring it instead favouring a push towards my limits. I've had trouble sleeping lately. Yeah, cue Corrine Bailey Ray. I thought it was the moon. Actually, the realisation slowly occurred when I got zero sleep a couple of nights ago. Throwing in the towel in frustration, I was reminded it was a full moon. And every single full moon is the same. And often my sleep is interrupted by new moons too. What can I say? I'm a water sign. To the cynics and naysayers, I invite you to hold space for all your own beliefs, just as I do mine. But after the first, then the second, then the third night of consecutive no sleep from moon time, I realised that insomnia had returned to stay a while. I hate that visitor. And I'm aware that hate is a strong word, but it's the kind of experience that becomes impossible to please. See, you can't please everybody. The nature of insomnia works with contradiction. You need sleep for it to resolve itself and leave you alone, but the last thing insomnia wants to do is release you from its grip so you can actually get some sleep. And instead it taunts you until it's all you can think about. You become obsessed with how urgently you need to rest. And this cycle of worry and overthought surrenders you to its mercy... So it's been three days, at least, more if I'm honest, of unfavourable sleep, worry, stress and of course its mate, anxiety. I think it began with the receipt of an email that swirled me into disbelief, opened up the can and this thing happened, world churning dizzy ground-bending warps, at first beckoning a blackout which jolted me too, then returned to the wobbly state over and over, I was scared. Brain tumour? Meningitis? Something else? Put to bed with anxiety, every attempt to sit up, shaky, scared still. And so it went for a day or more until rest. And so, on reflection of this period of my body saying no, I'm offering some suggestions to support anyone else moving through it. So first off, I'm going to be that annoying person who asks you to acknowledge the signs. Pay attention to when you're struggling with sleep. Perhaps create a sleep log. I have one in my bullet journal because sleep is something I've been working on doing better with. Many of you who've been listening to this podcast for a long time will know that. So a sleep log is just where you track when you go to bed and when you wake. That's if you want to keep it simple. However, I also add stuff like have I drank caffeine, alcohol, and dairy too, because I know that they affect my sleep. And if so, how much? I also log what level of anxiety and stress I'm experiencing that day out of 10. And also, I log how much exercise I've done. So it creates this little picture for me. I also log the moon cycle and my own moon cycle, because Lord knows I get super insomnia before my period. Anyone else? Okay, so next, create some time for processing. As if you need a reminder, this life is full of so many impressions. We have information and feeds coming at us all day long. Many of us have incredible devices that mean we play heyday until the early hours that deprives us of pure wind-down time and decent rest. Also, many of us are dealing with many more threads of stress than ever before. Being more connected with the rest of the world inevitably means more information. Am I worrying when hurricanes hit small islands of the Caribbean and what's happening to the local communities there? Yes. Am I freaking out about the feeling that things are going backwards as I experienced just as many racially motivated tense situations as I did in the 1980s, and therefore am hyper aware of others in my communities experiencing the same? Yes. Yes. Where do I put all that stuff and still clear the slate so I can hold space for my coaching clients, for my clients in person, in workshops, in retreats and so on? Well, the truth is I can never fully clear the slate because everything is connected. And I often teach from this place. But I can be intentional with where I put my own stuff. I can carve out intentional time to hold space for it all whether that's simply to sit and breathe or to dance like I've shit myself, but I'm still enthusiastic, to breathe fully, so vastly that I feed myself oxygen and give my body and brain some fuel, whether that's walking in nature to talk to so many dogs and cats because they're my people and are the fastest routes to me, melting stress, if only for a moment. I can do these things. I can try. And that means I carry less of the stuff into future moments. So processing is my suggestion, if you can, in your own way. But let's rephrase that into holding space for processing, because processing is the experience that may or may not happen as a result of you taking action to hold space for yourself and all that you're carrying. And finally, which is also the basis of everything and absolutely connected to my last two points, Listen to your body. But a caveat and understanding from my own experience as well as from working with trauma, it's not always possible to listen to your body. So listen to your body if that's possible. As I've experienced in the past, sometimes the body can lie and give us false signals or distort information. Actually, it's the brain that does that. But to be honest, the brain is still part of the body. So for that, We will stick with this approach. So for example, I had an eating disorder in the past. I struggled with extreme panic disorder to the point where I couldn't leave a room, let alone the house. I was convinced of certain things that were not true via my health anxiety. My body was crying out for help. It was hard to trust my body, to even hold space to listen to what it was actually saying. But... With practice, a lot of practice and patience and a deep trust that there had to be more, or at least meaning in these situations, I was able to start befriending my body. An FYI, practice means a lot of therapy. It meant drugs for a time. It meant other interventions. It meant holistic explorations. It meant a deep, deep exploration and deep spiritual work. And that, my friends, is one of the greatest gifts, to befriend your body, if you're ever lucky enough to touch that, even for just a moment. And if that feels so far away from you that you could cry right now, I'm holding your hand and reassuring you that I promise it is possible. Because if it can happen for me, it can for you too. So... Listening to your body can mean different things depending on where you're at on the spectrum and the journey. Many of you know I have an autoimmune disorder which means my thyroid doesn't work properly without drugs and other stuff which is a bit crap because it means all of my systems don't work like they should. So if I have a flare I can experience many different symptoms. For example I might be out on a hot day and feel really really cold and start shivering which might seem like my body's lying to me. However, despite that, I can still listen to my body by paying attention, looking at the signs my body's giving me. Am I cold on a hot day? Oh, looks like I'm having a potential flare. I need to try and take action and make sure that I'm doing what I can to support my thyroid function at this time. That means trying to take it easy, reduce stress, look at what I'm eating and so on. Insomnia. My body might be telling me I'm anxious about something or that I ate a lot of cheese. So what can I do to relieve stress and let myself get the rest that I need? Feeling frustrated? What do I need to do that I'm ignoring? You get the picture. Listen to your body. It knows. And it wants to talk to you. Body buddy. That sounds weird. Body party. Ciara, that's more like it. That's my jam. (laughs) So I don't know if this was one of those Waffle Fest episodes, but I really hope that there was something in here for you about body wisdom and how it can help you to pay attention and take care of you. I'm sending you love. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to I Feel For You. A podcast produced by me, Dion, Elizabeth, and all music made by Shettle Kinden Anderson. All links to the show notes can be found on my website, Dion.Space, and that's Dion, spelt like Dion Warwick, not Celine. Although Celine has great style and finesse, we put some respect on her name. If you want to sign up for regular digests from me, you can head to my site, Dion.Space/Digest. You can find the show notes at ifeelforyoupodcast.com. This is episode number 45. Thank you so much for listening. Maybe subscribe, maybe rate, review. Let me know what you think. Reach out, connect. I love to hear from you. I just appreciate you so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of this community and speak to you soon.